0: Welcome entrepreneurs and startups to Art of the Kickstart, the podcast that every entrepreneur needs to listen to before you launch. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president and founder of Inventus Partners the world's only turnkey product launch company that has helped over 2,000 innovations successfully raise over $400 million in capital since 2010. Each week, I interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level. This show would not be possible without our main sponsor, Product Type, a 300,000-member crowdfunding media site newsletter that's generated millions of dollars in sales for over a thousand top-tier projects since 2017. Check out ProductHype.co to subscribe to the weekly newsletter. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. So to kick off 2022, we are talking with Aaron Holloway, president of Fund America by Prime Trust. Uh, If you guys haven't heard of Fund America, they are everywhere. Uh, Aaron has recently been appointed and brings in extensive experience in the financial technology to this role um, with expertise uh, in the payments platform, compliance, banking regulations, business networks, investment banking, Treasury stuff, all that fun stuff that not a lot of us dive into, but is certainly critical to the success of a lot of startups that want to use equity crowdfunding. So prior to joining Fund America, Aaron served as the global VP at SAP Business Network. Uh, So really excited to have you on the show, Aaron. Thank you for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Roy. It's such a pleasure.
0: Yeah, so I'm really excited about kicking off 2022 with you yeah. because I think a lot of the startups that we work with and a lot of the listeners on this show are really looking towards equity crowdfunding now as a potential continuation of capital raising efforts. So before we dive into all of that, I guess, give me a little bit more of your background. Tell the audience a little bit about some of those decisions you've made along the way in your career and ended up now as president of Fund America.
1: Yeah, so, you know, it's 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 funny how I landed here and, you know, correct Career paths are never a straight line, right? They meander, they wander like rivers. They double helix with people in your path. And that's kind of how I ended up here is that I had started my career at J.P. Morgan straight out of college. And, uh, you know, rose up through the ranks through uh, investment banking, treasury services, foreign exchange, did a lot of different roles there. And one of uh, my last roles was, uh, you know, working with really, really large corporations. And I had an incident of fraud. And I had to work with our our global security team and uh, the gentleman running the other side of that fraud investigation is my now CEO, Tom Pagler. And so that was probably 10, 12 years ago. So, you know, your your career paths tend to tend to meander and and come back together at times. And so now I'm at uh, Prime Trust. Uh, Working with him because at his invitation, but in the meanwhile, I stepped uh, stepped across to the aisle and went into the tech side of things. So started in finance, moved into tech, and worked at SAP for 10 years. So I I joke that this is my Reese's peanut butter cup job, right? Two great tastes that taste great together. It takes both of my large corporate roles and blends it together, I get to do both, right? I get to work with technology that supports finance, that supports businesses, that supports growth. And that's really exciting. But that's how I ended up here is that my paths cross again with someone who had had I'd worked with previously and is now my CEO.
0: Amazing. So one, you mentioned my favorite candy Reese's Pieces. I would love to have them as a sponsor on the show. (laughs) My four habits of eating. Um, But no, I mean, I'm I'm really excited about this because you guys work with two of the top platforms out there in the crowdfunding space um, with StartEngine and Republic. What and how has that relationship kind of evolved over the past few years now with changes in regulations?
1: Yeah, it's definitely um, gotten larger, as you can imagine. Uh, Both platforms have had explosive growth. And, uh, you know, we we continue to support that in terms of uh, the markets that they're serving, the size of their offerings. You know, it's only been less than a year since regulation changed. I did a a quick analysis the other day on uh, the difference in our offerings from 2020 to 2021 to see where the mix was. And we saw a huge increase in regulation CFs huge increase in regulation CFs. Um, and I think that's because you know, the limits have been raised. But we saw a decrease in reg D's. So I think that there there is some correlation, maybe not totally direct, but I think because of the the limits being raised, you know, from the million-ish range into the five range, that was enough for a lot of people that maybe it would have gone into D's uh, you know previously and they decided to take a different path. Plus just the organic growth of the of the CF space. As more people get comfortable with the concept of it, and we're getting repeat raises uh, happening with with offerings. So that's been very interesting to kind of watch those trends um, historically and and see the effects of regulation um, in the past couple of years.
0: Yeah. So in keeping with the uh, staying comfortable, tell me a little bit more for our audience's sake as well about Prime Trust and Fund America and some of those different complementary services that your company offers and have, you know, for benefits for the entrepreneurial community out there.
1: Sure. Well, Fund America actually started in 2012, but Prime Trust didn't start until 2016. Fund America is actually our crowdfunding arm of, of our, our larger technology company. So we are the tech behind companies like Start Engine and Republic, as well as we do, we're the tech behind individual issuers as well, right? So whether or not you're a platform or you're an individual issuer, you know we can be that technology. We can be that, that invest now button that um, starts the transaction. You host it on your own website or you host it on a portal, but somebody wants to invest. When they click that button, that's when we step into the picture, right? We are behind the curtain handling that, that financial transaction, pulling in the, the funds, doing the KYC and the compliance checks to make sure that everyone says that they are who they are, weeding out anyone who uh, you know doesn't fit uh, our, our standards for a raise. And managing that entire transaction through the raise all the way until the securities are then issued. Now, the great thing about the fact that we're also associated with with Prime Trust and we're part of that family is that Prime Trust handles trust and custody in in anything that you may may need. Right. Whether it's securities, whether it's uh, fiat currency, whether it's cryptocurrency, you know, we handle all of that as well. We have technology on the other side of the house that supports the, the largest fintech brands such as crypto exchanges, lending platforms, digital wallets, payment platforms, the alternative trading systems where you can do the secondary security trades after you've done a raise, RAs, wealth management platforms, broker dealers, you know, and then of course we are folded into that with the crowdfunding platforms. So the great thing is that if you start a raise with us and your investors have their securities issued, we can carry them over into the custody side. Because how do you get people to invest in in them, you know, and and have securities issued on a secondary market in the private private securities um, arena is you have a way for them to hold them, liquidate them, trade them, turn them into turn them back into into currency when they so choose. Right. So the more liquid you can make it, the better. So the fact that we can support that process is really beneficial to the entire marketplace.
0: Absolutely. So in, in sticking with the theme of marketplace here, let's look to the future of the marketplace and where you see crowdfunding and fintech heading into the future.
1: Well, a couple of different directions we can go with that conversation. You know, one is the rise of the ATSs because of the fact that we are having so many private securities becoming, you know, being issued through the crowdfunding space, right? And and so, how do you get people to invest? You make sure they have a place to to, to hold and liquidate, and the ATS market um, allows for that, right? People can start, you know, uh, uh, liquidating, trading, finding private securities that maybe they didn't get in on originally with a crowdfunding raise that they had wanted to get in on, um, as well as, you know, start to trade for other secondary securities. So I I would definitely say that is something that we're going to see in the marketplace. In terms of crowdfunding in particular, I think we're going to see the rise of real estate go even further. And I think we're going to see a shift towards more commercial real estate. And that's just generally because of, you know, the growth of the popularity of crowdfunding. It's mainstream now. I mean, we, we we can't say that we're kind of, you know, still on the cusp. I mean, like the explosive growth proves that we are going mainstream. And so while a lot of people may have done it on the residential side of real estate, it is definitely becoming, it's going we're going to see an explosive growth. I really feel we're going to see a shift towards commercial real estate.
0: Interesting. So when companies or I guess investors are looking at Things to invest into, right? You guys work with a variety of different platforms across, you know, the equity crowdfunding, real estate, et cetera. What are some of those questions that investors should be asking? And obviously, it's going to change per offering, but are there, you know, kind of a baseline or an FAQ that they should be running through to make sure that these investments seem legitimate for them?
1: Yeah, um, it, I, it's all about the plan. It's all about the business plan, and you have to review the financials. Like I'm, a, I'm, a, I, you have to have your ducks in a row. As I like to say, hope is not a strategy. You, 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 you can't uh, not do your research and hope for the best as an investor, right? Just as, a, as a, an entrepreneur, you know you can't not do your research, not have your plan together and hope for the best and hope that people are going to come invest, right? You have to have your plan together. so you have to do your research as part of the investment. And being you know a former investment banker, that's of course where my mind automatically goes. I want to see the financials. You know I want to see what your plan is you know where do you see the growth coming from you know what is it you know what what is it that you see your markets being you know where do you see the this going and and what is your timeline for getting to those benchmarks you know, in, in banking, we had covenants, which meant you had to hit certain financial benchmarks at certain dates to make sure that you're on track. So you you have to kind of set up as an investor, what are my covenants that I need to to hold, you know, my um, my entrepreneurs to, so that I feel comfortable with this as an investment, and that I'm going to see, see it through and go all the way to the end of the round. So I, that is a huge thing for me is making sure the financials are Absolutely spot on. And you've got your plan. Now, things change, of course. Right. You know, um, you've got economic uh, factors and influencers happening um, from from outside factors. Uh, But at at the same time, you you have to be able to pivot. Right. So I think that's a key thing is knowing, like, what is your plan and what is your plan to pivot should something change?
0: Yeah, it's interesting you brought up as a the business plan as being one of those elements to certainly look at, which is certainly important. But I've seen a lot of businesses throw out their business plan based on things that change and the need to actually pivot in there. So yeah. are you seeing that many of these companies now have alternative paths that they could be taking based on consumer feedback or engagement on their service or offerings?
1: You know, they they, they absolutely do. I recommend it all the time. Right. Make, make sure. And, you know, there's another saying like lose fast. Like if you realize you're going down a path that's not going to work like you, you'll know pretty, pretty quickly. You need to make sure that you've got that plan, be ready to go and, and pivot and go to a different market or, you know, go to a different group of investors or, um, you know, as you can imagine, manage your marketing plan. Right. Refocus your marketing plan. Maybe we didn't quite hit the mark the, the first go around. You know, where's that that second group of investors that we're going to be looking for? It's the third group. We, you know where can we look elsewhere to meet those goals um, with with our investment underlying. So it just it's one of those things where you, you, I think if COVID has taught us nothing else is that, you know, you, you have to have a backup plan. Because things are never things never go as we plan from the get go, do they? You know, we 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 need to make sure that we, we've got that alternative strategy in place.
0: Absolutely. I always love the phrase of failing forward, right, to kind of yeah. help your organization, learn, innovate, build resilience and have that opportunity to potentially pivot based on, again, consumer feedback or customers in the crowd. So when we look at some of the startups and entrepreneurs that are listening, that are hoping to potentially raise raise money online, let's say, how could some of these entrepreneurs, you know, raise capital successfully through equity crowdfunding? Based on what you've seen so far,
1: right? Um, we have to have your technology in place. You you if you've never done this before, looking at one of the portals is a great way to go, right? Because they they have a, a formula that they they will help you along with, and that plan. If if you're more adventurous and you want to take it on yourself um, and you're like, I can do this. You know, I'm I'm a little bit more savvy. You know, you can do it yourself. You can put your own website up. You can have an invest now button with us and you can do your raise on your own. I liken it though, to shopping at a boutique versus going to the mall, right? If you're shopping at a boutique, it's a destination, right? I know I'm going to this boutique. I know what, you know, I'm going to be shopping in this one particular store. So when investors come to you, they're coming just to you. If you host your own, if you're on a platform, it's like going to the mall. There's, there could be a hundred of them, right? They could wander into any one of those, uh, any one of those stores, they could decide to invest in any one or multiple of, of those offerings that are up on a, on a, on a platform. And, um, you know, it last, uh, I heard it was about 35% of, of investors were shoppers, and they looked for multiple offerings on a platform, um, and they would repeatedly come back and look at that uh, on the platform, and and they get the, you know they get a huge amount from the fact that people are looking at other options, right? They're, they're they're shopping in essence for their portfolio, and and so it's one of those things is is get comfortable with which which model you you want to go with, and then stand it up but there are advantages and disadvantages to each one. Just got to figure out what works for you and your particular product model um, investment option and the marketplace.
0: Yeah. I know uh, in terms of the, the shopping metaphor that you would put, I think that that really works. And I think that's, overall led i think during this pandemic to some of the the true meteoric rise of these platforms in terms of the overall growth and the amount of capital that you guys were processing for them so in terms of you know any patterns that you're seeing right now do you see anything in terms of equity crowdfunding slowing down or just continuing continuing to accelerate through the next few years
1: well, you know, the 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 proof is in the pudding in terms of, you know, the growth that we've seen going from, you know, what 8 billion to, you know, over 100 billion um just in the span of the last year and, and projected to go even for, even further. So, it's one of those things where I it, I don't ever see it slowing down. The, this is pun up demand. Um when you think about what happened in the mortgage crisis in the the 2000s, the credit crunch. I mean, it started with mortgages, but a lot of companies failed then, right? A lot of people failed because they, they you know, they couldn't stay in their homes. They couldn't keep their businesses going. And the credit requirements of the banks became so arduous and so difficult. I mean, it was like you needed a phone book just to get a mortgage, let alone get a working capital line of credit. It was really difficult. So the JOBS Act that came along you know, could not have come along, you know, any, you know, any sooner that it was so well needed to to open up this door. And so there's been a pent up demand for a very long time for alternative places to get equity, because getting it at the bank and at, at the VCs is it has been increasingly difficult ever since that time. So I don't ever see this slowing down. And again, we're mainstream, this this is not something that's new or novel any longer. It is absolutely something that, you know, when you see commercials on TV for Start Engine with Kevin O'Leary, everybody knows who Kevin O'Leary is with Shark Tank. He's a huge advocate of this, right? And, and he's a personal investor in Start Engine. So Start Engine, you know, eats their own home cooking, as they like to say. They are a portal that hosts offerings. You can also invest in their own reggae. So, you know, he's a big believer in that. So if Shark Tank isn't mainstream, I don't know what is. And everybody knows, you know, the various other ones. Um, Like, even if you're not familiar with equity crowdfunding, everybody's familiar with GoFundMe. Right, Everybody has had a, a friend, a family member, somebody who has needed some type of help and knows what GoFundMe is, right? So there is a very widespread familiarity with the concept of crowdfunding overall. And then it's just the, a, a matter of, you know, then the start engine commercials come on TV, and it's the investment element. So it is becoming something that is normalized, I think, in, you know, our American lifestyle. And you do, you, you don't have to be uh, a, a massive Wall Street investor to invest, and that is the great thing. I think it equalizes the opportunity, you know, for all, and that's where I think the appeal is, right? It appeals to the masses. It has become downstream, mainstream. It's for everyone.
0: Absolutely, Aaron, you nailed it. I think you know it's absolutely moved away from Wall Street to Main Street, and I think the everyday consumer now has the ability to you know, invest in these small companies and small startups before they ever become potential big companies. And I think, you know, a lot of people were really looking to diversify portfolios during this pandemic and have continued to invest small amounts, hundreds of dollars into startups just to kind of see if their little lottery ticket ends up winning for them in the years to come.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because you never know when you're going to hit it big. I mean, look at all the companies that, you know, didn't even exist 20 years ago and, you know, are now, you know, uh, you know, on the massive exchanges right you never know you know you, you invest in 10 if one hits you win big yeah
0: no absolutely and you know from what we've seen even on the kickstarter side a lot of these companies from peloton got their start on kickstarter to solo stove which is now actively trading on stock exchange i mean it's just amazing the the growth of these startups with having a crowd and a community behind them so i'd love to know what you guys at Prime Trust and Fund America are up to next? Like, where are you guys seeing growth in your company, or where do you guys see the puck headed for the years to come?
1: So I, I touched on it a little bit before uh, the rise of the ATS and popularity. I think is going to become a big thing again because right we're, we're, we've got the volume coming in from the crowdfunding um, securities. So I think I think the rise of the ATS and the normalization of uh, trading securities on the secondary market you know, you don't always have to go to a big exchange. And especially now, um, because we're, you know, we're in the crypto world. Crypto has become so mainstream and normalized. And that's a generational thing that I think is such a benefit. Um, The younger generation has embraced it. And, uh, you know, I, I, all of my college, um, the the college friends that uh, uh, my daughter has, they all have, you know, crypto accounts on their phones. So I think that that normalizing that technology and the rating element of it is is going to be really exciting. So we're, you know, we're going to see obviously, you know, more of that, but I think that secondary market from the crowdfunding side is, is going to be really big as we go in the next couple of years. Definitely uh, something that I'm really excited about because of the liquidity factor, right? You're, you the more you have, the easier it is, the more liquid it is, the, you know, it's success begets success. Right. The more equity that goes, you know, that goes into the secondary market, the more people are wanting to trade it and to buy and to sell.
0: Amazing. Well, Aaron, this is going to get us into our launch round where I'm going to rapid fire a handful of questions at you. Are you good to go?
1: Ooh, okay. I'm ready.
0: Let's do this. So what inspired you to be involved in the crowdfunding industry?
1: You know, I think it's because of my experience in the banking world. I was that banker that said no and said, you don't have enough equity. You know, you don't have enough collateral. There's no cash in the bank. You are a high credit risk. I cannot take that on. You know, banks are paid to take risk. And if they think that you are more risk than they are willing to take on, they will say no. And I was that banker that said no. And now I get to be part of an industry that gets to say yes, right? And it, it goes out to the masses and to the, to, to the, you know, the markets and the markets say yes. They don't need the bankers anymore. They don't need the VCs anymore. They, they've, they've got the whole world to support them potentially. And that's what's exciting for me is that we went from, you know, um, an environment where I was, you know, on the other side of the coin where I said no. And now I get to help people. Get, get the yes.
0: Amazing. So if you could meet with any entrepreneur throughout history, who would you want to have a cup of coffee with?
1: Oh, OK. He's passed away, but Steve Jobs for a couple of reasons. One, we are the same personality type. We're both ENTJs. So we're, we're very creative thinkers. Um, we're very commanding. You know, we like to, we like to lead with, with creative ideas. And we say, why not a lot? And he's also a Scorpio. So uh, I, I, think, I think that would be just amazing to, to be able to hear from him. And, to, you know, I wonder what he thinks of the world today. That would be kind of cool to find out.
0: Yeah. What would be your first question for him?
1: What, what, what do you think of the world we have today? That would definitely be my first question.
0: Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, he's definitely. the. the and the problem.
1: second would be is is, 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 do you think that, that, that your baby is where you thought it would be today? Right?
0: Yeah. I'm sure he had a roadmap planned out for the next 50 years, probably. Yeah. Right? Cars yeah. might be part of it. Who knows? Right. Uh, any business books that you'd love to recommend to our listeners?
1: You know, I just started reading something. It, it's, it's pretty heavy, but I'm, I'm definitely I'm enjoying it. It's called The Age of Cryptocurrency, How Bitcoin and Blockchain are Challenging the Global Economic Order. Right. This is this is the new way forward. I grew up in old school finance. This is new school finance. This is the new way forward. This is this is our new reality. So I think it behooves everyone to really educate themselves on um, you know, how it works. Where is it going? What is this going to mean for our economy? So I would definitely recommend that book.
0: Nice. Are there any uh, people in the industry or websites, newsletters that folks should follow uh, to kind of stay up to date with what's going on in the industry?
1: Well, I think Crowdfund Insider is is kind of the 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 one that most people are are familiar with to make sure that them they uh, they know what's going on. I do not feel like we have enough written about the industry. I really feel like more people should pay attention to what's going on in crowdfunding because it is, you know, you do never know when the next Peloton is going to come through, but I, I do wish that there were more media outlets that would pick up on it and, and bring those articles mainstream.
0: Absolutely. Well, I'm glad to share all of this advice with the uh, the listeners here. Last three questions. What are the top three skills that you think every entrepreneur needs to be successful?
1: Oh, they need to have passion because it is not for the faint of heart, is it? You have to have, you have to be passionate about it. Your heart really has to be in it. And along with that, coupled with that, is having that strong work ethic because it, it's, it's not easy and you do put in the hours. I mean, Elon did not get where he was, but you know, by not sleeping in his office, you know, night after night after night, um, you got to be so organized. You got to be so organized. And we talk about that business plan. Um, I'm going to give you a fourth. You, you got to know how to call in your professionals, You got to use your attorneys, you got to use your accountants. You know, you don't have to know everything, but you have to know who the people are that can support you to get that business plan where it needs to be.
0: Absolutely. So let's talk about an invention that's made your life easier during the pandemic.
1: Well, I'm using it right now, Roy. It's my hands-free headset because I can get a drink, I can switch a load of laundry while I'm working. Um, it definitely has has made my life easier. I don't feel like I need to be chained to my desk.
0: Nice. All right. Last question, and I know we've touched on it throughout the uh, the interview, but I will ask it again. In terms of what does the future of crowdfunding look like to you?
1: Explosive growth. Explosive growth. And um, again, I said the rise of real estate, especially commercially, um, sustainability, things that things that create clean power. Um, I think people want to invest in things that do good for this world um, affordable housing, um, which kind of goes along with both of those things, right? The sustainability and the the real estate element of it. Affordable housing is I think something that, um, a lot of people believe in, um, especially with what we've seen real estate prices do in this past year. It is pricing people out of the market. And, um, Uh, that is an area that I I think is an opportunity that we've already seen a couple of companies. There's one uh, we work with named Boxable. It's a house in a box and it's prefabbed and you you can put it on a truck and you can take it anywhere. So for disaster recovery, for um, affordable housing developments, they are onto something. And I think we're going to see more investment opportunities that support sustainable and affordable housing.
0: Amazing. Aaron. this has been awesome. This is your opportunity to say what you didn't say or give our audience your pitch. Tell people what you're all about, where people should go and why they should check you out.
1: Sure. So Fund America by Prime Trust. You can find us at fundamerica.com and primetrust.com. We are on LinkedIn. We are on Twitter. You can follow us. Uh, We would love to have you be part of our family.
0: Wonderful. Well, audience, thanks again for tuning in. Welcome to 2022. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for the notes, the transcript, links to everything we talked about today. And of course, I got to give a shout out to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors at Product Type. And if you love this episode as much as I did, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Aaron, thank you so much for joining us and kicking off 2022 on Art of the Kickstart.
1: Thank you so much, Roy.
0: Thanks for tuning in to another amazing episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a better business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, show us some love by giving us a great rating on your favorite listening station. And of course, make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for all the previous episodes. And if you need some help, that's what we're here for. Make sure to send me an email to info at artofthekickstart.com. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you on the next episode.